Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. But here's the thing, man. Dude, I freaking... I hate green peas. That just... Not a fan, but I will eat the shit out of some black eyed peas. You like field peas? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love field peas. Yeah, black eyed peas, red beans, like red beans and rice, purples, mm-hmm. purple holes. Mm-hmm. I like llama beans. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the the ones that come canned. The, I forget who makes them. The the butter beans. Those just monster yeah. llama beans. Are like oh, the big size old kidney beans. Yeah. yeah, love them. And then I love little field peas and snaps. Uh, my grandmother used to make pinto beans and cornbread. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. French fried tater. Mm-hmm. That's another one right there. <laughs> Not French fries. French fried taters. Anything fried is is just about Southern cuisine. I believe, especially because we have New Orleans down here. I, there's Southern food. And then everything else. I mean, there's places that have their thing, but I don't think as a an area of the country anybody can top Southern food, top to bottom. I don't care if you're starting off with even some of the salads, man, like our potato salad, right? Oh, or, dude, an okra. <laughs> I guess bean. that's more of a side. But, but here, well, here's the question though: Do you prefer the potato salad? Do you prefer your potato salad with mustard or mayonnaise? Both. Exactly. Good answer. How about a pulled pork sandwich with coleslaw on it? Yes, that's no? right. Yeah. yeah, well, and I like I like a sweet slaw. Mm-hmm. Like there's times where a vinegar slaw is good, but on a pulled pork, eh, sweet. So um, I had actually stopped at this little barbecue restaurant in Tennessee. We drove past it several times. We were hunting up there, <clears throat> but it was, it's only open like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They're cash only. First time I ever had barbecue on a pulled pork sandwich or a coleslaw on a pulled pork sandwich. So I pulled up in there. <clears throat> I'm sitting inside eating. She's like, You want coleslaw? And I was like, Sure. Thinking I'm going to get a side of coleslaw. She brings me out this pulled pork sandwich. And mind you, this sucker's the size of a dinner plate. I mean, a grown man has to cut it in half just so he can hold it. And I said, um, I got the coleslaw with that. She goes, It's on there. And I was like, excuse me? She's on the sandwich. I was like, oh. 
I thought it was on the side. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to remake it? I was like, no, I'll try it. I've never had it before. I, I thought you were bringing me coleslaw on the side. And that's when I realized that coleslaw on a pulled pork sandwich is it's the way to go. You can take good. coleslaw after you make it and then throw it right in the damn garbage. And that's where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you, got, as you guys know, man, I like coleslaw on a fish taco. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is like in, instead of lettuce. You put coleslaw, coleslaw. on fish taco. Yeah, man. I think I think the fish taco is a California thing, but we we took it and made it right. How so? Coleslaw. I don't know. You added you you were cutting up mangoes and all kinds of other stuff to go on there. I was. I like a little fruit on there. I just put coleslaw, coleslaw, and cilantro. Good to go. That's bringing the West Coast with the cilantro, but I do like cilantro. Like I said, man, every place has its things. But, yeah, but top so, to bottom, man. So here's a wall here's to wall. A, Southern cuisine's fantastic. Here's a cool little fact for you. Did you know that people who think cilantro tastes like soap? Pete, there's some people that like it, some people that dislike it. People that dislike it say it tastes like soap. Do you know that's a genetic thing? Yes. Didn't know that. No. So they were predestined to have bad taste. Yeah. How about an okra stew? Mm. Never had it. Had, like, pure, just okra stew. Well, it says southern okra. And well, you look too. at look at that. I, I've and, had something similar to that photo he's looking at there. Oh yeah, with, with the tomatoes, with and the, the tomatoes rice. and the beans and the rice yeah. and onions and that looks an awful like awful similar to maju, except they use okra instead of corn. And of course, maju doesn't have the beans in it either. Looks but, like the can I get from Publix. Maju <laughs> looks like mock chow. Looks like it's spelled mock chow. Pronounce my jus or my shoe. Uh, okay. All right, Jordan. Before we get any further, we got any reviews this week? You know, I even told myself on the way home from work today, I said, Jordan, look on iTunes so you can know if there's reviews. And then uh, I got on the phone with you and Hunter and completely forgot. Well, now you can look now. Yeah. But tonight we're talking Southern cuisine, man. We sat here and ate. What, what are these? What would you call these, Jim? Bombs. Bombs. Um, I saw, I was watching TikTok and some lady's like, chicken bombs. And she got out breakfast sausage and jalapenos and then stuffed them inside a chicken, like a pounded out chicken breast Mm -hmm. wrapped in bacon. And I said, well, that'll work great with pheasant or backstrap. And of course, why use regular breakfast sausage? And you you can use venison breakfast sausage. Right. So I was going through the game today and- but I, be, I, I don't know exactly what she did, but I just kind of followed it. I browned up the sausage, threw a little bit of the jalapeno in it while it was cooking, um, hit it with a little. It wasn't cayenne pepper. I used this Indian pepper that you have to be careful with because it's it'll smoke you. And then uh, three kinds of cheese, man: the uh, cream cheese, cheddar cheese, Parmesan cheese. Made a filling out of it, pounded out the pheasant breasts. I think those pheasants probably actually came from um, Piney Woods. Yeah. All right. Those are Piney Woods pheasant breasts. So. And rolled them up. Bacon. They're they're really freaking good. We we got a genuine review, and then I got a good one here. So uh, we got Possum 4444. Possum 4444. Oh, no. I'm a born-again outdoorsman after taking many years off to raise a family. Uh, listening to these guys helped me catch up on a lot. That's what's changed since the 90s. 
and also introduced me to several new types of hunting. These guys are great personalities that work really well together. I appreciate there being representation of hunters from their 20s through their 40s. Well, good for you, Jim. (laughs) He just, it's because he's heard Jim, not seen him. Shit, we got boys that are, Gene Weldon's in his 70s. (laughs) He said it helps to provide a balance of discussion with multiple points of view. They're also local Florida boys, so they're talking about the same places I hunt. They also put together local events, support charities, and are actively involved in conservation all around. Great podcast. All right. How old are you, Jim? Hang on. How old are you? 52. 52. So I'm closer to 40 than you are. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll live Larry's longer. closer to 40 <laughs> than any of us. That's right. <laughs> so we gave Matt shit last week about his name being Matt <clears throat> Tippins on his. You said that's a real original, right? So we have Swanee Lover. And is it? It is an exact copy and paste of Matt's other review. <laughs> Way to go, Matt! Yeah. <laughs> well, Possum, we appreciate your uh, appreciate your review there. Well, so I'm your host, Will Krebs, in the studio with me now. I've got Jordan. I'm here. Let's get it. I've got Jim. Yes, sir. And we made fun of Larry a little while back for his review, and he's in here with us tonight. That's right. So we got Larry in here, and uh, we're talking, like I said, we're talking Southern cuisine. Larry brought a, a daggum cookie dish full of bold peanuts. Bold peanuts. Which is, in my opinion, a Southern snack staple. But the problem with bold peanuts is, is they're, they're not hard to make, but they're so easy to screw up. I've had some bold peanuts where... You buy them, you get in the truck, you're so excited, you eat three of them, you're like, these are garbage. <laughs> Out the window. I don't like pickles in my bowl of peanuts. I was one. just about to go there. It's like pineapple on a pizza. Oh, I love pineapple on my pizza. No wonder you like pickles in bowl of peanuts. That's right. That's right. And you know, I can almost let go, let, let the pineapple on a pizza thing go, but it's when people are like, it's Canadian bacon. I'm like, no, it's ham. That is not bacon. You made a flatbread. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, pizza with Canadian bacon. Well, yeah. yeah, Well, the Canadians got that wrong. It's ham. It's cooked ham. Yeah. But those those bowl peanuts, though, those are all good. All the flavors I've had of those are freaking killer. I haven't tried the uh, Cajun yet. I thought I'd had Cajun. I I thought you'd got a bag of regular and a bag of Cajun when you. No, sir. We got the sweet garlic and the uh, regular. So, where are you getting these peanuts from? There's a gentleman. The ice cream man. Yeah, actually. The ice cream man. He's got a stand right there off, uh, what is that, 44B? Yeah. Yeah. Right um, across from Cobb's tractor. Yes, sir. And, I think it's uh, actually what would be considered County Road 44. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's a long road, man. If you go out of here yeah. and turn left towards, like you're going to Jordan's house, he's yeah. on the left-hand side of the road. Fair enough. Before you get to 19. What's that back right road before you can Publix. take to Bates? It's it's two maybe maybe two miles west of nine, State Road nineteen on State Road forty four. So it's Eustis. Yeah. Yes. Eustis yeah. proper even. Yes. Correct. Uh, I think it's county. It's Eustis proper. Yeah. It's Eustis County. Okay. But uh, if you know where Cobb's tractor is, he's just right across the street. 
Yeah. No, oh, yeah, you really could just put in Cobb's tractor and your GPS and take you up there. But what's funny is, like we were saying, the same guy that sells those bowl of peanuts, he drives around in an old meter reader cart and sells ice cream. Oh, yeah. He's an ice cream man, too. Jack of all trades. Yeah, multi-talent. An, an entrepreneur of sorts. Yes. <laughs> but he's got, I think he sells more than just peanuts. I'm pretty sure he's got all kinds of food. He's, he sells uh, cold watermelon, all just all tropical fruit, uh, seafood, uh, bowl peanuts. Then he's got his ice cream machine and cooked seafood or cold seafood. I don't know. I'm a little skeptical about trying it, so <laughs> I just didn't curious. bother with it. But because he's got he's got like this, it's like a S10 with the whole bed of it turned into what looks like an outdoor cook shack, and he just parks on the side, like back inside of a gate right there, and you pull mm-hmm. off the side of the road. If you drive by at any given point during the day, he's usually sitting underneath the shade tent with somebody on the side of the road, unless somebody's there ordering something. If you're with the Department of Labor, the IRS, forget you heard this podcast. Leave that man alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's legitimate. You don't need to check. Yeah, he's he's a, he is legit. I'll tell you that. His peanuts are legit. Yeah, <laughs> they're really good. But and I got to looking at that before the podcast started, and I looking up bold peanuts, and it makes sense that they are. They believe they came from Africa. And the slaves brought them over here, and that's how they came to be Southern cuisine. Bold peanuts. You're looking at me for verification. I, I'm just, I, I'm just talking. That to makes you. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. A lot that's of what good. I didn't said. know that yeah. okra came here from Africa, so why not peanuts? May I guess came here from Africa. Okra's one of those things, man. If you plant it in your garden, plant it sparingly, because you will end up with way more than you need. It grows so wicked fast. And you, you plant a row of it, and you've got you practically open up an okra grocery store at that point. But, <clears throat> all right, let's dive into some of these foods. So, we came, as we were talking earlier, we kind of deduced that southern food is uh, peasant food, poverty food. Everything is cheap. All the best comfort foods are inexpensive foods. Everything's mixed together. And that's proof that white people know how to spice things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you figure... It depends on how white you are. You know what I mean? What do you mean? If you're like, you know... I was going to say live in your little suburban neighborhood white, but that's Jim. And Jim can spice the piss out of some stuff. Yeah, when you get old, your sense of smell goes, so everything... Uh, if I think it's... I think that's Okay. Most people are like, (laughs) (laughs) there's different stages of white and everybody knows that. Well, it, it really is your, your roots. And because like my wife's grandparents, she's second generation, uh, American fact in her family was the first one to be born in the U S my, my, Mother-in-law and her sister were born in Germany on a on Ramstein Air Force Base. So my wife was the first one to be born in the U.S. My wife's grandfather is from Italy, and my wife's grandmother was from Germany. So you talk about some good cooking there. But I've noticed sometimes with some authentic like German foods, there's not a lot of spice to it. Nope. It's fairly bland. Still good, but not a lot. Not a lot to it. 
And if it is, it's ginger or vinegar. Right. In the German. Yeah. Don't let me be the only one talking. Oh, man. Don't get me started. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, well, earlier, let's get you started then. Earlier, I, uh, start, I mean, I do. I wasn't. I think Southern culture in general almost starts with food, right? You know, the your polite grace, though we didn't say grace this evening. Um, it was agrarian for so long, right? Especially after, I mean, the whole world was agrarian pretty much before the Civil War and after the Civil War. I mean, they were really... They were decimated during the war and then Reconstruction, so everybody's poor and everybody's staying agrarian. They had to scrap things together. Um, so, I mean, that kind of lifestyle, you got to eat a zillion calories, which probably explains why now that food's not so scarce, that if all you eat is Southern cooking, you balloon up to 292 pounds like <laughs> me. I'm not 292 anymore, but I got there. So, <laughs> you know, but it's... I don't know. Think about it. I mean, no matter where you go in the South, somebody's got their drink. Somebody's got this recipe about salad or an egg pie or, you know, mac and cheese. And then you get into the main dishes or, you know, we use bacon. We use bacon like some people use salt. Just we're using a lot of things. Well, it goes back to Jordan just had something pulled up there on the screen. A lot of southern food comes from. It's right here. Uh, the the saltiness of it is is it's all from how they meat, preserved yeah. meat. It says the hallmark of southern food, as it turns out, were born from survival techniques. Frying and salted meats kept people alive. The West African slaves brought new methods of cooking and interesting vegetable unknown to the region, okra. But. You think about it, uh, the, the how you you're you're can you're eating canned meat, you're eating uh, canned vegetables, and by canned, I don't mean like in the metal can from the grocery store. I mean like in a mason jar uh, where where they've canned something they've they've killed and kept it in the preserved it. Well, yeah, have you ever seen one of the, like the old how they used to keep stuff refrigerated? You go up to like uh, we had family that had property in North Carolina that had an old fridge in a creek. Like a cooler box. Yeah. And you could go down there and it kept it like 60 degrees in that cooler box. I know back in the day they used to dig into the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was. Well, that's a root cellar. Yeah, because yeah. it was cooler. Yeah. And that's how they kept all their meat and vegetables and everything like that cool so they wouldn't expire. Now, like when you think of southern cuisine, southern food, what comes to mind? Fried. Honestly, well, I say the first thing, and you say Southern food. The first thing I see is what I'm looking at through the glass at the gas station. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Like that is the epitome of what Southern food is, right there behind the glass. Chicken the gentleman gizzards. serving it to you may not be Southern at all, or may not have teeth, <laughs> but the food is is definitely like Southern style food. Oh yeah, we have figured out how to fry vegetables like nobody's business. Right, like I don't mind broccoli, fried broccoli. Oh. Like you, you think you like broccoli? You have not had broccoli until you've had good fried broccoli, fried broccoli, fried green beans, fried cauliflower, fried 
corn nuggets. I mean, so tater logs. Come if, on. If we're saying that frying stuff is a staple of the, uh, what? Where'd you get that lift in the deep? Did you bring those two? That's an empty one. Oh, You're not supposed to tell him that. Way to complete a thought. I don't know. If Squirrel. we're saying that the staple of uh, like Southern food is frying stuff, I want to know if you go to a fair up north somewhere, are you eating fried Oreos and all fried ice cream and right, or is it just Southern fairs that fry everything known to man at some booth at the fair? I think they do a lot of cotton candy. I'm not a fan Belgian of Belgian waffles. Candy. I do like Belgian waffles, but they're fried. What about turkey legs? Yeah. Smoked turkey legs oh, yeah. or is fried that, turkey is legs. Is that a yeah. southern thing? I don't know. How southern is barbecue? Mm. They've got it other places, but. I know. It <laughs> depends on, it's the type of barbecue. I think the the region of barbecue depends on the sauce and the way you smoke it. I'm sorry, but that, there's one area in the south I'm going to blaspheme a little bit. And it's North Carolina barbecue or some parts of it some of it i guess you got like mustard sauce and it's my second i'm just not really a mustard guy but that i can't remember what they call it but it's just this chopped slush that they seem to love and they put it over rice you know what i'm talking about if you ever had north carolina barbecue this i have not i forget what they call it man but it's 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 terrible and that's (laughs) it reminds me of a stew I don't like know. you're yeah. trying to uh, describe a stew. It's someone like that. They Soupy. love it, man. They love it. And then uh, I think they make, maybe they call it hash. I don't know. But that when I was in Ohio, I stopped and got a barbecue sandwich. And it was like that stuff that you scoop out of a bucket. It was basically a sloppy joe. I was like, this, this, this is not barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you take some hamburger. Some ground hamburger, you throw it in barbecue sauce. I mean, that's doesn't that's make not barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, it's like it's like I don't know, man. Just because you throw some Tony Shatries on something doesn't make you Cajun. You know, <laughs> right. I like I like mustard. I like mustard based barbecue sauce. I like mustard sauce barbecue. I like to take. Used we used to have a place here it's supposed to be open now. King's Barbecue down the street made a freaking killer mustard sauce. They still sell it. You, it's, you buy it, get like it Publix, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Publix, Ace. But uh, I'd take that, and instead of using, like when, when you bread stuff, you might use a mustard-based jet, use that instead. Of, it's got some extra spice in it, like a Dijon mustard, but I think that's better. It's got a little bit of vinegar to it on some frog legs. That is killer. Killer. All right. I'm open, man. I just think I like, uh, I tend to like a hotter barbecue. And tell you, the absolute best barbecue I've ever had in my entire life, ribs at least, was actually I was coming out of a uh, UCF-USF football game. We parked in a neighborhood, and I was just walking through the neighborhood, and there's a fellow there with the you know the 50-gallon drum cut into a clamshell, and he's slinging ribs out of that thing. If I, if I, you know, we grabbed him and, and left, and we're eating him in the car. If I had known they were going to be that good, I got that guy's cell phone number so I could figure out where he is. Anytime I'm over there, where you at, man? It's it the best. So, I'm not a big fan of ribs covered in barbecue sauce, though. No, 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 no. And oh. I, I think it, to me, I think good ribs don't need barbecue sauce. Correct. 
And I say that because I've had too many people make terrible ribs, slather in barbecue sauce. I'm like, these are good. And you can't really tell that they're dry as all get out because they're covered in barbecue sauce until you pick it up and bite into it. And you're like, wow, I am thoroughly disappointed. It's like a box of Cracker Jacks. You get a surprise in them. <laughs> yeah, except it's usually not a good surprise. <laughs> you like greens? Collard it's not greens, like a tattoo greens? or anything. Okay, so I will say something. You bring up collard greens. All right, everybody gets collard greens, and they're like, oh, let me put pepper sauce on it. I'm telling you right now, if you put pepper sauce on your greens, my personal opinion, you're ruining them. Right? I don't eat greens to taste pepper sauce. I eat greens to taste the flavor of greens. What kind of pepper sauce are you putting on them, though? The the one that has the little peppers all in the jar. Exactly. You're putting vinegar on them, basically. I don't care. You're putting crap on greens that takes away the flavor of... The, if you like greens with pepper sauce, you like the flavor of pepper sauce. You don't like the flavor of greens. No, I like greens, but I like I like a little... I like, I like salt on my greens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just salt them and fucking... I, li- I, like gr- I like greens when you can still see the ham in there. Yeah. 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 Got to have the bits of ham or bacon. Should really be like pork belly or something like that in there. Knuckle. Yeah. That's those are good greens. Yeah. Nope. Along those same lines, white beans. Yeah. Make white oh, dude. I gotta make some white beans. I haven't made white beans in a while. And I've got a knuckle in there to make some white beans with. So mm. are you are you when you make your white beans, I've done it both ways, but I found that I like my white beans. Like, I might mash them up, in my, a few of them up in my bowl, but I like my white beans to be pristine when they hit my bowl. I don't like when people mash up the white beans, when they break the beans in the pot. I think it just gets too heavy. I'm a, I'm kind of a third, two-thirds guy. I'll mash up a small amount of the beans in there, but leave most of them pristine in the in the pot. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where I, I really try to leave I'll take a I'll take a broken bean out. Mm. I want when I serve my white beans, I like them to be pristine. You can mash a shit out of them. I won't be, I won't be offended. Yeah, but because I like my beans, just a certain consistency. I feel like just give, give me give me give me all the whole beans, and I will break a few of them up till I get it just right. I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's and it's hard. It's actually hard to keep all the beans. Yeah, because you cook them too long, them. they get yeah. really soft. Yeah, you got right. ooh, it's really gentle. Yep. But I don't I mean I I never really put too much thought into you know people wanting mashed or unmashed white beans. I don't like them. I, I don't like that when every, they mash everything up. It kind of turns it into a paste. Yeah, it's like refried beans and yeah. white beans. You're like, mm. yeah, not a big fan. But a little bit to make it kind of creamy. That, that I do like. Right. Because otherwise I'm eating and I'm like, how am I ever going to get this out the other end? <laughs> <laughs> Is it pretty much same consistency both directions? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it just a Southern thing to mix your over easy eggs with your grits? I guess grits are kind of just a Southern thing in general too, aren't yeah. they? You want to talk about Southern breakfast? And I was telling Larry about this the other day. I don't know if you guys ever eat eggs in a basket. Yeah, in the middle of the toast. Take a piece of sourdough toast and cut a hole in it and then crack an egg into that hole and fry the whole thing in a frying pan, flip it over, and you leave your 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 yolk, your over-easy egg stays in the middle of that piece of sourdough bread. Then you just pop your yolk and start eating the bread around it, mopping it up with it. I've never done that. I've oh, seen it, and I've never done it. It is so good. 
So good. Salt and pepper, just go to town on it. Now, what about a honey bun? Oh, well, we invented the southern, the the half moon sandwich. So. <laughs> the fried honey bun. Yes, that makes it even that's more what southern. I was about to get, it, get to. <laughs> and I've still yet to try that honey bun breakfast sandwich. It's a gut buster. That you told me about. Oh, it yeah. sounds great. You can get carried. We did get carried away. That one. When when we so, started, so what's try- the basic half moon sandwich? Is honey you bun? you fry you fry bacon? Okay, so that way you've got bacon grease in the pan, and then you fry your honey buns in the bacon grease, cooking over easy egg. Put it on one side of the honey bun, piece of cheese, melt it, but two pe- or, you know two pieces of bacon, another honey bun that makes your bun right, and then you eat that like a bacon egg and cheese sandwich. That's your your quintessential half moon sandwich. That's right. Now, then we went crazy when <laughs> we, we were in crazy. Tennessee, and we're like, what if we tried this meat? That meat, what we had, we had Spam, we had uh, bacon, we had country ham. Uh, Jim got busy on the country ham before he realized it was raw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else? We put bologna Vienna on Vienna sausage. Vienna sausage. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we... And we had been out in the woods all day, every day for three or four days before that. So that morning around the fire and it was just right too. like the, the temp, it wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold. It wasn't, it was just damp enough that you got some smoke, but not enough to choke you out. So you just sat there eating. It was probably just honey bun sandwiches and, and just, you know, f- smelling the smoke, enjoying the woods. It was oh, that, so that was the day it was in like the mid fifties. We'd run out of propane, so we used uh, could wander around Tennessee. You can just find giant rocks everywhere. Built a fire ring out of rocks, and then took the the cooktop to the uh, blackstone blackstone and rested it on the rocks and just pushed hot coals underneath it and cooked on that. It worked just fine, didn't it? Yeah, until the bacon grease seeps out the back, leak <laughs> hole, and into the fire. Just roll it around a little bit. You put them out. It'll be yeah, all right. Yeah. That'll get her going. <laughs> Oh, but those half moon sandwiches, man. The only thing I could compare that to, the way it makes you feel when you eat it, was I don't know if you guys ever had, remember the old, the KFC Double Down? No. Nope. Never had it. Oh, man. That was two chicken breasts. It, it was a chicken, uh, like a bacon and cheese chicken sandwich with the kernel sauce in the middle, but instead of buns, it was chicken breast, a fried chicken breast on each side. And it had bacon and pepper jack cheese in the middle. Mm. You could feel your heart slow down as you ate it. <laughs> so let's go, let's go to real quick. Fried chicken, as far as we'll start with just franchise fried chicken. Like, who's who's number one in the South? The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free, with a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price. Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products, as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. Mm, I prefer Popeye's over, over I'd KFC. say Popeye's, even though the one in use has got shut down by the health department, but we won't go there. I like Maryland. Really? Yeah. I'm oh. a Popeye's man. I forgot about Maryland. But there's a lot of dudes that like Maryland. Yeah. Churches. I was churches. No. churches. And no. we're all forgetting. I like their bars. I'm just saying their it's there. Good. We're all forgetting the gas station. What's it? Chester's. 
Chester's. There's Crunchies too. That's Crunchies. the one in, in uh, Altoona. Chester's mm-hmm. chicken is the one you'll find in the gas station in Georgia. And yeah, their potato wedges are pretty dang good. Yeah, those are good. But I mean, I still think Popeyes mm-hmm. reigns like top of the list. But then if you take Popeyes off the table, Publix. I, I was going to stay away from Popeyes. I was just, Publix is its own. Well, I mean, it's, thing. it's uh, yeah. grocery store chicken. But it's, but it's, it's fantastic, store chicken, yeah. right? But you mentioned churches, you know, because I, I, not churches. No, I, I, churches drives me crazy because I don't know what kind of mad meat cleaver guy I got back there. <laughs> they don't cut their chicken like everybody else does. Like, is it a back? Like, I don't know. But um, Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. I do like some Maryland chicken, and they're all. And that's the nice thing about Maryland too is you really never know what you're going to get. Like, there is. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. There is a uh, fried chicken place. You go through Howie, make a left on 4819, take it all the way up into Groveland. Rate. Oh, yeah. You know that all-you-can-eat fried chicken place right there that's next to know. the Sitco uh, right before you get to 33? Oh, the one on the right chest. Yes, sir. The one on the, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, no, no. I can't remember the name of it, but they have fantastic It's like fantastic flaming chicken, fried chicken or something like that. And it's all-you-can-eat. Oh, That place is... Very good. I don't know, man. We used to tear up that uh, all-you-can-eat KFC buffet on the side of 75 going up to Georgia until they closed that sucker down. <laughs> Dude, every single time. That was like a staple of going to Georgia. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I've eaten that buffet in different places. And the chicken's all right because the chicken never stays there long enough to do anything. And you're pretty safe with the biscuits. And probably the mashed potatoes and the gravy. But anything else on there... You know, they put that first pan out there about 10 a.m. It's still sitting there at 4. I'll eat the mess out of them gizzards, though. I don't know, man. That's got to be a southern thing, too, is eating like chicken livers and chicken gizzards. That's just like the, chitlins. The, I, no. I, don't I mean, it's a southern thing. I, ain't, I haven't seen it anywhere else. I mean, I eat almost. That's these guys. I, you can't convince I, me that something even smells good that chitlins, bad yeah, even tastes good. <laughs> gym socks. Right, it's like good <laughs> lord. Give me the hot sauce, <sighs> and not the peppery stuff either. You can eat any, yeah, you can oh. eat anything with enough hot sauce on. Habanero, flaming, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to uh, burn the scent out of your nose. You smell burning. Do you smell burning toilet paper when you're putting it in your mouth? That's how hot the hot sauce is to eat <laughs> that stuff. I, and I can't. I, if somebody brought a plate of chitlins in here right now, I'd try them. I'm convinced that there's. But every time I've had chitlins, and I've had them made by a number of different people, as soon as I get that fork, I'm like, all I, it's dirty laundry, man. That's what it reminds me of. I can't eat it. Can't, I mean, I eat it, but I can't enjoy it. It's intestines. Yeah. I, like, I'll keep shoveling in like, it's going to get good. Nope. Well, it's like the, the coot, was it coot foie gras? You brought in here in the- Foie gras. The, foie gras, the, the livers. You're right. He's like, he, he says, the first bite- is really strong, but keep eating it. It gets better. But you were right. The, the first one was like, wow, that's that's really like pungent. It wasn't bad, but it's just got a punch to it. Two or three bites in, you're like, actually, this is this is this is really good. Yeah, Hunter was scraping the bottom of the bowl, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why that is. Because I the first time I had it, I was like, whoa. And I was like, but there's you know how there's certain things like, wow, that's really hot. And you take it and you're like you just you keep eating it like if I eat more of it, my mouth's gonna cool down. The 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 foie gras, especially when it's made in 
coot livers and things like that because it's a pretty strong liver. It it just kind of mellows. I guess it's this maybe the butter and the salt and, and, and the herbs that are in the, the foie I think gras it, it, draw you back. Well, it may also just kind of coat your mouth. Yeah. Because it does kind of leave a film in there. I, I was just kind of figured that it's such a departure from every other thing that we eat that your first your first uh, reaction is like, oh, that that's abnormal. Right. And then you're like, oh, that's, that's actually kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, I, I think that uh, Hunt's Brothers Pizza has been the demise of good gas station food. Yeah. I like yeah. their pizza. It's not bad, but, man, it's not the quintessential, like, dude, I tell you, you go to Georgia and you get Parker's gas station food. Parker's chicken is good. Uh, we used to go there and just get, you know, if we wanted fried chicken, we didn't go to Popeye's or KFC. We'd run down to Parker's and get, uh, like, a, a whole family meal from Parker's. Their breakfast, when we had that lease in southeast Georgia, Briar's like, hey, you know, we wake up, we go to, we, we don't get Parker's breakfast, we go to the woods. I'm like, we can. So we take the long way around to the lease, swing into Parker's, get biscuits and gravy or whatever, and some corned beef hash, and eat that on the way to the woods, or sit there at the truck when we got there. It's only five minutes from Parker's. Larry, how often do you indulge in gas station food? You're a pretty fit fellow, so I figure probably not as much as Will and I. No, sir. No. <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, I got to be pretty hungry during the day at work because normally if I stop at the gas station, it's usually an energy drink or I would say a snack. And that usually deals with beef jerky, Slim Jim, something with protein in it. Good for you. See, but I don't, I don't <coughs> just run up there for lunch and eat gas station food either. Most of the time when I eat gas station food, I am going to the woods or I've been in the <clears> woods <throat> and that is the closest food to me. I don't actively seek out gas station food for lunch. Of course, there isn't any place around here in our general area that has where we work that has decent gas station food, like, you know, like fried chicken and stuff like that. But you go up, you know, into past Matilla and you got smokers up there and they've got killer fried chicken, which I know you can attest to that. Jordan can too. Sure. Their gas station food is good. But as you guys know, I have a thing about wandering and going and looking at small towns and barns and whatever stuff that most people say. There's nothing out there. There's always something out there. But when I'm wandering around and I get a little hungry, man, I could have three-quarter of a tank of gas. And if I drive by a, kind of a – they're not flying some major flag out on their gas pumps. You know what I mean? And it's it's a convenience store that says hot food on it. Or into there, man. Top it off the tank. What do we got behind the glass, fellas? <laughs> well, that's like uh, that's like Moorheads, Jordan. That place was bomb. That place was more of a restaurant than it was a gas station. It's like yeah. a restaurant that served gas. Half of it was tables, and half of it was well, actually, three quarters of it was tables, and half and like a quarter of it was gas station. Were, yeah. were they tables, or were they the traditional yellow booth? No, no, no. Well, they you were can't tables. adjust, right? You they were this, it was like long tables that you could yeah. fit like 30 people at each table. Wow. Yeah. Is that here in Florida? No, that's in Georgia. That okay. was in um, Rebecca, Georgia. That was that was our local re- uh, breakfast spot where we had a lease up there around that area. All right. 
Um, that's about 30 minutes east of Tifton. But their food was good. And that was that was just, like I said, they're more of a restaurant. They even did like seafood Thursdays or something like that. Mm-hmm. All you could eat seafood and stuff like that there. A little surf and turf. You know, so here we are that. trying to glorify Southern cuisine, I suppose. And we're talking about fried chicken from behind the glass. Yeah. We, can we talk maybe a little bit about like Gullah food or <laughs> yeah, Creole versus Cajun or... I don't know, man. Uh, let's hear it, Jim. What you mixing, got? Mixing some burgoo from... Well, we're, so let's define the South. Where does the South start? Mason-Dixon line. No doubt. But is Kentucky in the South? Technically, part of it is if you went by the Mason-Dixon line, but then West Virginia is not. Pull up the Mason-Dixon West Virginia line. definitely isn't. That's why there is a West Virginia. Those are hillbillies. But the food's the same. Mm. That's not been my experience. No? Nope. A lot of Hunt Brothers pizza up in West Virginia. Mm. Yeah, see, so part of Kentucky, southern Kentucky, is is below the Mason-Dixon line. All of Kentucky is below the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, not at the one I'm looking at. That's Oh, this one. Okay. Not even looking at that, dude. I'm, well, no, I admit you don't missed it now. Anyway. Uh, the traditional Mason-Dixon line cuts Kentu- that one right to your fingers over. Cuts Kentucky in half. Okay, so Virginia is there. Correct. You got Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida. But where does it go down? Because, like, is Texas? I mean, Texas is below it. Some of Kansas is. So is Oklahoma. I See, that's where you get into the gray area is is or Kansas and Oklahoma considered the South. Yeah. That would be more what I would think would be Midwest, but there's people in Ohio that say they're from the Midwest and you're not you're on this side of the Mississippi River. I don't know how you could call yourself West if you didn't even cross the <laughs> Mississippi. Texas, yes, Oklahoma no. Reason I say that is Texas fought in the Civil War. Texas was very much a southern state and Oklahoma was still Indian territory at the time. Uh, and very, very much, I mean, that's where they were sending, you know, I don't want to make light of it. That's where they sent all the tribes and such that they ran out of Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. They sent them to Oklahoma. And a lot of Seminoles right. went up there too. Um, and then Kansas is interesting because <clears throat> that's why they had bloody Kansas, right? But I think at this point, if you've been to Kansas, it is definitely not part of the South. <laughs> Arkansas? Hell yeah. Arkansas is very South. But Arkansas is more south than Missouri. Definitely. Well, it's, 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 well, it's technically actually more south than Missouri. Some may argue that when you go, sometimes the further north you go, the further, further more southern you get. I think that mainly applies to Florida. Yeah. Definitely. Be- because we've, you know, there's not a lot of people who are in Florida who are from Florida anymore. Most people that are in Florida aren't from here. <laughs> South of 60 and east of 95, you saw that off and send it adrift. <laughs> iguanas and all. Probably can keep the iguanas. <laughs> you know the bastards that jump ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want them either. They're going to have those. But, no, you're right. Well, but the thing is, too, you can still get down around some parts. When you get out of the cities in Florida, then you see what 
Florida, the southern part of Florida, excuse me, per se. Because if you go, like we were down in uh, Boca Raton, but then you go west of there into like the sugarcane, the agriculture area, you can't tell me that's not, you're not running into the south there. No, definitely. But if you go further south from there down to Miami, you're definitely not in the south there. <laughs> no. Um, south America. Right, or Cuba. But and I love, man, I love me some I, Cuban food. But. I just say, there's an awful lot of good food comes out of South America, <laughs> yeah, too. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. I like, a lot of very good food comes out of it. Also, I talked about barbecue earlier, and then you Google that, it's from the Caribbean. Barbecue originated there. That's what Google claims it come from. I disagree. <laughs> I mean, it just, I mean, cooking over fire uh, comes from everywhere. Well, we learned to, you know, cook meat, not just eat it raw. But they were cooking, uh, here you go. The history of the world, uh, the word barbecue goes back to the indigenous people of North and South America. The Spanish word barbacoa was used by the, I don't know how to say that, who inhabited Hispaniola, Jamaica, and Cuba. Barbacoa was used to describe slow cooking of meat over an open flame. So South America. I get synapses that are just the The word itself. Breaking. Yeah. No, I, did, I, I genuinely didn't know that. But actually, when I think about it, because I really like Jamaican jerk barbecue. I like that that heat. And going back to another, I think about it, that feller in Tampa that I was saying his ribs are so good. His sauce was very much... Jamaican. Along that line, yeah, yeah. Had that Jamaican heat. So I can't believe I never made that connection. But back, we we define what we believe is the South. Where are we going from that, Jim? And we we moved on. We kind of, I don't know. I'm just broken there. Like the idea that that actually originated, it makes sense. But I never would have thought of that before. Well, we perfected it. Yeah, kind of like I think Fair the Japanese enough. invented tea, but. Once it got to the south and we figured out how to supersaturate it in sugar, we perfected it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had a debate about that, about like, you know, I get it that way sometimes with people about like, no, 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 this is, this is where tea began. Like, and it was with an Asian lady intentionally. She's like, no, tea came out of Asia. And I'm like, mm, the leaves came out of Asia. And you figured out how to brew it into a <laughs> beverage, but we turned it into tea. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was rather heated. Because yeah. like they take the tea seriously. You had right? leaf water. Yeah, we have exactly. tea. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, but sweet tea is definitely a southern staple. And yeah, that's that we, we like, kind of talked about that earlier. I don't remember if we had it on the beginning of the podcast or not. But you reach it like I talked about when I lived in Kentucky. You find spots in Kentucky where you're you know you walk into a restaurant and it's the best sweet tea you've ever had, and then you go to a different one. Uh, in a different spot of Kentucky, and you ask them, oh, can I get sweet tea? And they're like, oh, well, there's sugar on the table. Like, that's not the same thing. I'll just have, like Larry said, I'll have a Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, if you really read, I don't know if you could actually name any food that's genuinely an American food, right? Because... Uh, with respect to people that are of indigenous culture, if you go back far enough, even they're not from the United States or they're not North American, right? But give paying homage to them. Everybody else, whether no matter how they got here, 
whether they got here in chains or not. We're all from someplace else, and we brought a lot of that here, right? So when you think about it, now I'm thinking about barbecue, right? Or we were talking about okra earlier coming from Africa or peanuts coming from Africa. Um, our version of Mexican food is n- almost nothing like what you actually eat in Mexico. We've turned it into Tex-Mex or we've Americanized it. Oh, it's like Chinese food. The way we, you realize, like the way we eat Chinese food was was mainly built, uh, derived by railroaders, Chinese railroaders who started selling it just to make money, Americanized it and sold it and, and made money off of it. Put a bunch of sugar in it. Pretty yeah, much, you, yeah. yeah. Honey, um, Larry's over there digging into the old peanuts. I'll say, let me get the Cajuns. My man, you gotta try those. Are those the sweet garlic? Yes, sir. <clears throat> now, I know we were talking about cuisines and supper and all that oh. dinner. And yeah, what about dessert? Good. That's peach, fair. Peach cobbler's all the way. That's where I was going to go with that. Or peach pecan cobbler. Fruit cobbler of I any was going to say, I don't know, because Granny used to make a mean... What you make a, a lemon pie or lemon meringue? Lemon cake. Lemon cake. Oh, Granny used to make a mean lemon cake, son. Um, but cobbler really comes is is another one of those things like you do. It's like banana bread, man. You're you're using stuff that's about to expire. Yeah. Be careful. That's got some heat to it. Does it? Is that the Cajun or the Cajun? He cooks that with his peppers. Oh yeah, he does. Is this garlic got some sugar in it too? That's sweet garlic. Yeah, sweet garlic. Sweet garlic. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Ooh, yeah, that Cajun's got some heats on. Those Cajuns are good. How about like a, a pound cake? You know why they call it a pound cake? No. Because it's a pound. pound of each ingredient. Yeah. Really? Sugar, Butter, well. sugar, eggs, flour. I love a good pound cake. They're so dense. Excuse me while I eat some bowl peanuts. Cajun bowl peanuts are good. Yeah. Anyway, no, he's got that sweet garlic, which is killer. The Cajun ones are good, Jim. Try some of those. He just handed me a bunch. Oh, okay. And then uh, there's all regular salted bowl peanuts. You want some of the regular? No, sir. I don't say here need too much. Keep making much. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to start. stop once you start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll sit there after the podcast and just uh, eat myself sick on peanuts. <laughs> yeah. But... And you, you know, man, I don't want to get back on bold peanuts. Let's get on something else. I'll sit here and talk about bold peanuts for hours. I freaking love bold peanuts, man. I like boiling my own peanuts. But um, Cajun food is something that comes, it's French? French, a, French, Spanish, and African. All mixed together. Yeah, but a lot of the Arcadian. So... There's others that probably disagree, but a very simple. The difference between, say, Cajun and Creole. True Cajun food you're going to find is going to be very brown. Um, it's going to tend to be heavier spiced, right? But that's the that's the Acadians that you know that came out of out of Canada and eventually settled down in the swamps of New of Louisiana. Creole food, you're going to have to, you're going to find things more like tomatoes. You're going to find. Probably think maybe a little more shrimp. A little you might think of as high end ingredients, right? Because the Creole food mainly came from New Orleans, came from areas that had a lot more money. 
right? But when you say Cajun Creole, they're still somewhat similar as far as the spices they use. You think about it, right? Salt, garlic, cayenne. Um, rice. Yeah, rice throughout. But I, the, you know, I'm not from there, but if I had to say there's one area of the country where um, if there's one area of the country or one area of the South that I'd say just predominates or that would be what I would say is the best food in America, that would be it for me. I don't disagree. Flavor-wise, there's such a broad spectrum of flavor that you can find there in everything. I mean, you can take anything and make it Cajun. Fried chicken, change you know, adding different spices and stuff to fried chicken and everything else, and just mm. just put a little old bay on it. Yeah. <laughs> Blasphemy. Yeah, I don't think old bay's any of that. Yankee seasoning. But where do sunflower seeds come from? That can't be a southern thing. Find out. But that's another one of those like they come from the sunflower. Well, no originally, kidding. but. Thank you, Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> like, who was like, I'm about to sit here and eat all these seeds, come out that big old flower. And they're not like they're big seeds. You got to put it on, you put it in a lot of work for a little bit of food. Okay, well, that's, that's southern. It's an indigenous, that's North American. No. Yep. Well, if you've ever gone out, so we do that thing in the panhandle we've been going up to, and my buddy Jay, who actually happens to be Cajun, <laughs> when we, we meet up in the panel, we used to talk about living like Indians, right? We would try to run several days where the only things we ate are things that we took out of the water, and we weren't, we weren't fishing. Right? It, was, it was conks or whelks, scallops, crabs. And man, if you put your whole, if you go back to how those people used to live, and that would be a pretty food rich area, man, if you think about how much energy Native Americans or early human beings spent just in acquiring food, a big old sunflower that drops that many seeds all in one place, yeah, that must have been like manna from heaven. Because otherwise, I mean, they used to eat a lot of acorns too, but you ever look at the process that you got to do to make an acorn edible and wash out all that tannic acid? I mean, mm-hmm. grind it into a pulp. What? Turn it into flour. What was that nut that that guy, when we went to that uh, dove hunt in Alachua, that guy had some kind of, it wasn't an acorn, but it's kind of like an acorn. And uh, he just pulled up in the parking lot to meet that random woman, but had us eat some kind of wild acorn looking thing. I forget what that was. I wasn't there. Some things were good, though. They were. They were similar to a chestnut, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. And there was some. They were like a cross between an acorn and a chestnut. They had a little cap they grew on all them. over the place. Yeah, but I'll be dang if I can remember what they were. Now it's going to bother you. Yeah, you'll come up with it in a minute. We're talking about something else. Nope, that's gone, man. I guess you look up indigenous Florida nuts, but maybe come up with it. So it says that sunflowers were, uh, they're indigenous Native Americans just eat them. So it must be where sunflower seeds eating sunflower seeds come from. But you brought, you made me think about that with the Old Bay. 
I sit there and eat a daggum whole bag. Pignut. Of those. Pignut. Pignut hickory. Never even heard of it. No, maybe not. I don't know. That seems like it might have been it. But I don't know if pig nuts are available or, or edible. <clears throat> anyway, uh, those you ever had the Bigs Old Bay sunflower seeds? Oh yeah, <sighs> those are dirty. They are good. Beats the hell out of eating regular salted sunflower seeds. You just are you chewing the whole shell, Jim, and everything? Uh, I've been I watching that just for just for expediency. <laughs> Every now and again, I eat the whole thing. Got a little, you you lacking fiber or what? Help well, for the clean out. <laughs> I ate two and a half of them bombs, man. I'm going to need it. <laughs> the only other thing I ate all day than that was like a little carton of crab salad from or seafood salad from Publix. Oh, that'll that'll. I was saving up so I could pay out tonight. Yeah, you should. That had. goes straight through his screen door. <laughs> so you should have had that after the bombs. That'll that'll loosen everything else up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. And you talk about harvesting stuff from the water, shrimp, some of those like shrimp and crabs, and those are all, it's like eating bugs of the ocean. They're, they're not hard to catch. They're not simple to catch, but it's not, especially when it comes to shrimp with a, with the right net. And I can imagine native Americans doing the same thing. The payload you're getting for the amount of work you're putting into it is exponentially better than trying to catch fish. If, especially if you're using the pole, I'm sure they're using the net for that as well, but still you can get, a large payload when the shrimp are running right. You know, I imagine those Native Americans back in the day on the Suwannee River, come summertime, were in hog heaven. Just sticking, flying. Uh, <laughs> just stringing, just stri- stringing big nets across the Suwannee, snatching them sturgeon up as yeah, they The sturgeon, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, the big old sturgeon. That's all right. Uh, Lucky Jake, there's any left. Yeah, Jake about caught himself one in his canoe. Yeah, no, that sturgeon about caught on Jake. <laughs> Did you hear about that? It jumped across the front of his canoe, like across his lap, cleared his lap when he was sitting in the canoe. I did hear about it. When I was doing the scout thing, we had one come up and actually hit a boat. It didn't hit the kid, thank goodness. But We we had a lot of really close calls this last year compared to the year prior to that. They seemed to have kind of kept their distance the year prior to that, but this year they were all over. Us. Came in early, huh? Yeah. Because you went early. We always early May. We went earlier. We're actually going earlier next year. Wow. I, normally, for late last week of May, first week of June, they are thick. Yeah. I just You're getting bombed the whole way down the river once you get past, um, what's the first place we stop at? We really only had them on the second and third day after, uh, I can't think of the name of that first camp either. The, the Down, second Downing. Yeah. We had Dowling. Them, Dowling. You had them second and third day between Dowling and um, Lafayette Blue and then between Lafayette Blue and Peacock Spring. And then yeah. after that, they kind of died off. They got it. They're, they're in the shoals. Yeah. That's where they lay their eggs. What? We're way off food again. But I know. We wandered off food again. <laughs> they're kind of food. But they're protected food. Well, yeah. It's like uh, manatees. They get ate at one point or another. I'm 100% positive of that. Well, yeah, there's some sea cow out there in uh, Stellar's Sea Cow. If you look that up on the internet, that's the reason they're gone. We ate them all. Yeah, well, they've got, I mean, not to say, what well, it's like herding cattle. I'd imagine you could herd them into a shallow spot, basically force them to beach themselves. 
You don't even have to hurt them. They're already there. Yeah. But I mean, keep them because they close them. Just close them off and close them off in like a little uh, cove in an island. And then you just, whatever you want to do at that point. From, from my limited experience of manatees, especially in some of the smaller estuaries out there in the Crystal River, if the four of us all had spears and there were four manatees out there, we could all just walk out there and <laughs> come right over you like where's the I, lettuce i would like to think i would like to think that if we went back to hunting them quite similar to black bears in the state of florida if we went back to hunting those that there would be a uh, they would form a natural fear of humans that they don't currently have because they have no reason to fear us good point because we haven't hunted manatees in <sighs> ages but if you went back to speared manatees after a few of them, they'd probably learn and they wouldn't come around. You'd see you just like fish, <clears throat> like fish don't just hang around when you're standing on the bank. Most of the time, let's sit on a bed, but you're trying to catch snook or redfish. You're making too much noise. They're gone. And that's because they get fished a lot. They're tar- They're a targeted species. Manatees don't care because they can just exist right alongside of us. And we give them all the, you know, right away they need or should. Yeah, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, but it'd be nice if, just like the feller said up there in in the Indian Pass, that I want the turtles rec- to recover so I can go back to eating them. Yeah. <laughs> I want the manatees to recover so I can go back to eating them. I grew up eating turtle. Well, he's talking about sea turtles. I need, nope. I <laughs> tried that one. Yeah, the big greenbacks. <clears throat> but... <clears throat> I don't know, man. So back to, we talked about Cajun food. You've got the deep Southern food. I'm trying to think of things that are more to the north end of Southern, on the north end of Southern, uh, Southern states. So it's saying Kentucky, Kentucky burgoo. If you look it up, it's similar to gumbo, similar to stew. But squirrel burgoo is a big, sta- well, I don't know if it's a big staple. It's a traditional End of the squirrel hunt or end of the rabbit hunt. What is it? Concoction. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe. It's like a, you, you brown down the meat and then, you, you know, and, and I've, I've, I've had burgoo, but I don't think I've ever made a burgoo. But the closest thing when you start to describe that is stew. But to say that burgoo is stew is kind of like saying that gumbo is a stew. Mm. It's, it's a stew, but it's not. It isn't dinty more. That's for sure. So when you say something is stew but not a stew, I think like gumbo, like good, like good gumbo is not watery. Yeah, burgoo is going to be a little bit, a little bit water, but you're simmering everything down. Yeah. Um, because <sighs> you say Denny mood, Denny Moore, and I'm thinking like, got to eat it with a fork or or eat it with a spoon or drink the broth when you're done. There is a seasoning in burgoo. I got to look it up. That separates it. Uh, what is your favorite southern cuisine larry favorite southern dinner dish favorite i got one right off the macaroni pie macaroni pie yeah i've never heard of pie. it's the worcestershire Mm. they put a ton of worcestershire in what is macaroni pie so it's just macaroni, homemade on that microphone. Homemade macaroni cheese, mm-hmm. just baked into a pie, with a thick crust on top of nothing but cheese. Did you try that that uh, 
crawfish macaroni and cheese? I did. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. What do you got, Jordan? I'm going to say like a good pot of beans with a ham hock still in them. Yeah. I could eat that stuff for days, son. I could sit there and eat a whole crock pot of it. Chicken fried steak. Ooh, mm. yeah. Now, if we're talking breakfast, I'm going to chicken eat fried steak. I'm going to eat country. <laughs> I'm going to eat country fried steak all day long. Oh yeah, same thing. I go a little off. <clears throat> Strawberry figs. So if you ever had fig, like once a fig boils down, it turns it's it's very gelatinous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take some of that strawberry, like the pre-sugared strawberry Kool-Aid mix. Mix that in, and you get this awesome sweet jam that'll blow your mind. Mm. I eat the piss out of Fig Newtons. I was, I was about to say that. <laughs> you, you, Straight from Keebler. You walk with Fig Newton. <laughs> Nothing like that, man. But That's the first thing when I you mean, said this. first thing that came to mind was Fig it Newtons. Did too. <laughs> strawberry Fig. Now, maybe I, I just, I've only place I've ever had strawberry figs, but I've had it in a couple different places in South Central Georgia. So that might be a very regional thing. Mm. But strawberry figs is. My grandmother used to make muscadine preserves or muscadine jelly yep muscadines in general it's mm-hmm. in fact i've been seeing people down here telling us they're harvesting muscadines i'm like really because the only place i ever pick them up again is georgia you they're in my backyard and really? scuppernong yeah yeah wow i just picked a bunch of scum or a bunch of uh, muscadines out of my backyard yeah so where we are in our hunt camp it's usually bow season muzzleloader and i'll walk i'll find a patch of muscadines I'm like, ooh, not yet, not yet, but man, oh, you better get them as soon as they're ready because the deer will beat you to oh, them. Deer birds, they're just gone. I don't know if it's the locals. Like I, I've gone up, I've, I've been there like on Saturday and said, I'm coming up on Thursday. Come up on Thursday, oh, they're gone. Right? Like, what happened, man? It's only four. Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or... 843-324-1727. Or email roman at romanvhamis.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E. 
www.ecs.com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. Four days. But we had uh, a lot of muscadine uh, vines on our property in southeast Georgia, and when they would come in and get ripe, the deer would quit eating corn. Yeah, they wouldn't come to a feeder anymore. They'd be off a feeder for three weeks. They just—it's almost like they just disappeared. Then they'd reappear. I mean, we had spots were so thick that the the grapevines were growing like kudzu. No kidding on that property. Yeah, so the deer had plenty to eat, and there's actually a lot of water in a grapevine too. If you if you cut like a great a, a big hefty portion of a grapevine, you can suck water out of it. No kidding, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You know what? We don't have them here, but they do have them in Louisiana. Is mayhaws. I've had mayhaw jelly. Mm. I've never had the raw mayhaw fruit, but it's hard, it's hard to tell anything. You because again, jelly is kind of like we we're talking about hot sauce. You boil it down, you throw enough sugar, and it's awesome. Like be, well, I've had beauty berries. Beauty, you know, you know, y'all know what a beauty berry mm-hmm. is, right? The bush. You look at that and they're like, "There's no way that won't kill you." <laughs> and if you eat a raw beauty berry, you're like, "Oh my god, where's the antidote?" But like anything else, throw a little sugar in there, goo them down, and That's beauty it. berry jellies. Well, you know, wonderful. You know what else is one of those things you have to have at the perfect moment is uh, persimmons. I was, was going to go there. Or you pretty much got to catch that sucker falling from the tree. Before it hits the ground, because in that time period between the time it lets loose from that limb and touches the ground, it rots. It seems like, and you get them on the limb, and they're not quite perfect, and that's when they just, they're just nasty. And you get them on the when they're super, too ripe, super sour. You get them and they're too ripe, and it's like you ate this that film that coats the inside of your <laughs> mouth. Like <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that. I walked up. I was like, oh, persimmons. <laughs> and they look so good. You know, it's maybe like September. Right. I plucked a couple of them, climbed up in the stand, you know, and like get into it. And it's kind of a, um, they get, they're seedy, right? And they're, they they look good. They, they're they still plump. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like. Literally, you're, you're the first to go there because... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you feel like somebody... You feel like you done ate a thing of Elmer's glue. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Or Earl, the farmer who takes much joy and like... Used to take joy when I didn't understand what backer was. Tobacco. Anyway, he was the one that turned me on to... I don't know, son. You got to get them persimmons as soon as they hit the ground before the deer get to it. You ever plucked a honeysuckle and sucked the backside of it? Nope. Oh, just a flower. It's not a honeysuckle. It's a hibiscus is what you're talking about. Nope. I'm definitely talking about honeysuckle. Yeah. And you pull the flower and and drink Hib- the nectar out of the back of it. Hence the name. Yes. Yeah. Hibiscus Very is good. about the same though too. It is. Yeah. But you get into it. I mean, you understand why. You, if, after you do it, you understand why deer eat the piss out of honeysuckle. It is delicious. And, you know, something else I think of, we talk about muscadines and um, persimmons and all these wild fruits that people synonymous with the South, maybe moonshine. Not that it's a food, but it's a making um, alcohol in many forms, muscadine wine, 
which muscadine wine is not wine at all. It's more akin to brandy, uh, shine wine, but go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. I, I was going to say, I've had, you know, we picked a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of blackberries. And my buddy made blackberry brandy with those. Ooh. Fresh off the bush. Killer. Sounds good. What What was that berry that used to grow on that tree up by the post office when we were kids? Mm. You know what I'm talking about, too? Because they used to be... I was trying to, to think know, of this a second ago. We used and to I, know when they were going to grow, and we'd run up there and eat them. They'll turn you purple, and I can't think of what they're called. It grows on a tree. It's not a huckleberry. It's a... I don't know. I, it, it occurred to me earlier, but I can't remember what it's called either. Hmm. But making, using the fruit and stuff like that to make alcohol. Well, you know, I've I've wanted to do that for a long time. Mulberry. Mulberry, yes. Mulberry, yeah. I've wanted to do that for a long time. And I've never just hauled off and tried it because I understand that the secret is in the mash. I'm not worried about making wood alcohol. You figure that out, with, you know, but the secret's in the mash. And I thought, well, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just ask somebody that I know is making, makes moonshine. Like, Hey man, can I have your recipe for the, and then I realized like, like that's, people don't just share their mash recipe. You know, it's like, that's like asking a guy, Hey, where'd you get your green peanuts from? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never find somebody who sells bowl peanuts. So it'll give you an exact location where to buy green peanuts. Right. But, right. Yeah. It was, it was like, I didn't realize that was like asking somebody for their favorite, you know, fishing spot. Right. Yeah. You know, no, like, it definitely oh. is. But it's, but in the same hand, you can find a mash recipe, uh, a mash recipe online and then tweak it yourself. Tweak it yourself to make it more. And Fair enough. I'm sure I could get a really say- good place to start from a buddy of mine who makes some excellent, excellent moonshine. I'm talking, we made moonshine one night and, uh, um, he was making moonshine. He had like a still simple kettle still, or did he have the coils a, and the whole no, thing? It was a full on copper pot still copper pot coal still. The only difference in what you would find in the Hills of wherever Hills, Appalachia and his still was his was ran on electricity so he could better control the heat. So he had like a five gallon copper pot still. I mean, he would make his seals out of oatmeal like they would too. all the seals for it was, he made it himself, made all the seals every time he made a, a run. Um, Lead solder? I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not then. But it doesn't matter. It's, you know, that, that all comes out. That's why you don't drink the first bit. Blind you. <laughs> um, but uh, he would, we, we did a run in the kitchen, and we were drinking it straight off, straight out of the drip, into uh, a glass. Warm. 160, 170 proof, man. <laughs> it, but it tastes like buttered corn. There really? was no wow. burn. There was no bite. Like, it was just... Excellent. Stuff. Wow. That man can make the best moonshine I have ever had in my life. See, I tell you, I know what he did. One of the ways, so you get like apple pie moonshine. A lot of people take and cut, uh, use that apple pie to cut it, cut moonshine down and make it. He would just sell his, make it, instead of cutting the moonshine with some sort of apple pie mix, he would buy uh, like apple cider, um, like the frozen concentrate. Yeah. And then, what you would use for water, he would use moonshine. 
I mean, you could take his apple pie moonshine. Most of the time you get apple pie moonshine, but you put it in the freezer, it freezes because it's such a low proof. You take his apple pie moonshine, put it in the freezer, still liquid. Wow. I mean, and it tasted. You could still he set it on fire. scraped the vanilla bean into there to get that scoop of ice cream that goes with it. Mm. Oh, so good. We sat around a fire. and Same guy that made the blackberry brandy. <laughs> yeah, we sat around a fire up and during Christmas time passing around. It, it may not have been good moonshine, but you throw enough Jolly Ranchers in it. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Until you wake up in the morning, you're like, water water <laughs> yeah, yeah but he would also make aged moonshine and he used uh oak staves in his glass jars and they would stick them off in the cabinet for weeks at a time excuse me so you get brown liquor like you used to in a whiskey man your guy's a chemist oh he dude he took it real serious and he's he not made... a chemist he's just from kentucky mm. yeah yeah <laughs> He comes, I don't know that I've ever seen a man. Uh, overalls. He, he's always in overalls. Always. Just for like the TV show. The only time I never saw him not in overalls is when he was wearing his military uniform. Mm. Other than that, or overalls. Or camouflage. We, we hunted together. That was he probably it. had camouflage bibs too. He did. <laughs> he had <laughs> camouflage overalls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a pair of overalls when I was in my 20s. And well, one, there's unless you've got the build for it, overalls make you look. They they accentuate whatever you are. If you're a fat ass, overalls accentuate the fact that you're old fat ass. But if you're young and lean and you're wearing a couple pair a pair of overalls, that accentuates that too, right? Hence, I had a pair of overalls. I tell you, um, that, oh, go ahead. But they were they were wicked comfortable. I mean, just I. I understand why old men run around in them Sanzibels, you know, where it's just, it's basically like a pink colored or whatever, rainbow colored. You know what Sanzibels are? No, no. They're like a one piece suit that you used to see 80 like year old romper. men. A romper? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. A romper for men. And I understand. You just put it all the way out. It's, it's one piece of clothing. Oh, that's right. You got to mess with it's it. Quick on, quick off. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Tell me that overalls aren't the like perfect piece of clothing. You ain't got to wear a belt, right? I hate wearing a belt. I wear a belt every day. I hate them. Overalls, you got more pockets than you know what to do with. I mean, you could store so much shit in a pair of overalls. You got your leg pockets. You got your regular pockets. You got your chest pocket. I mean, everything. And that, everything that you carry in a set of overalls is right there accessible at your chest. You're not reaching down. Listen, my buddy was so serious about his overalls, wearing overalls, that he has a custom-made holster for his Glock so he can still carry in his overalls, and it snaps to the inside of the chest of his overalls, and it sits right here. I think the dude must be carrying an awful lot of shit in his pockets because the the pocket no, in my overalls you, you ain't put was no, probably no, no, no. 11 it's, inches deep. <laughs> You're not comfortably <laughs> sticking and drawing a Glock 19 from the inside of, from the inside of a pocket of overalls. No, you probably right. You'd have to have yeah. a wallet and a few other things at the bottom of them so right. you can get to the gun. What I'm saying is, yeah. is he has like a holster that is he had he puts extra buttons on the inside and it snaps to the inside of all his, all of his overalls and it fits right here on his chest. At and his there's chest. a Glock 19 right here in the back of his overalls behind his chest. It's a custom made holster for his overalls. And he goes and sews the extra uh, snaps on the inside of the overalls. Looks like when you get a hold of better. 
<laughs> get a hold of Mike, have him make some some overall holsters. But when we went up, we duck hunted with him. Uh, we went to Georgia last year, and that's when he showed it to me. I was like, dude, that's badass. Overalls, felt skin, cowboy hat, long hair now. He's out of the army. Well, if yeah. I ever get lean and mean again like Larry, I might give me another set of overalls. <laughs> you should get them now. No. It doesn't I mean, matter your size. These boys have also yeah, seen me. I was just about to say that. Your hand, what does what every old fat farmer wear? Overalls. Overall. Exactly. And they look That's like because, old fat farmers. Yeah, but it's all about the ventilation. To me, it's about the handiness. Well, that and you're down in Florida, you got to wear the 12 over pockets. Sums. Yep. I got over sums. Yeah. Yeah. They're cut into shorts. <laughs> well, you got the other Southern wear is suspenders. Speaking of suspenders, which I wear all hunting season. And if you notice, most of the time I got a shirt over them. Because otherwise, you know, the suspenders sort of push the gutter out of you, right? Again, another thing that accentuates you. If you lean to me and you look good in suspenders, if you don't, you don't. We'll, we'll figure out how terrible I look in a pair of suspenders come Saturday afternoon. Oh, you got that wedding. Yeah. Briar's wedding, yeah. You wear a jacket over them? Nope. Not got me a nice button-up shirt and a bow tie to go with them suspenders. <laughs> Hope you got big pants. God damn it, I want to see a picture of this. I'll take one for you, Larry. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I, I, asked, I, I, I would, asked him, man. I said, "Did your did your wife, your fiance, look at skinny guys in suspenders or fat guys in suspenders?" That's two different people wearing suspenders. Oh yeah, right there. it's definitely going to yeah. be my screensaver on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need a you need a pair of dress pants with a waist that's big enough that you can pull them up. Oh no 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 J- no, Jim! It's blue jeans. Oh yes, blue jeans, a button up dress shirt with a bow tie and suspenders and boots. Mm. Look like you come straight out of something off Dukes of Hazard. I look like Boss Hog and get yeah. some of them rainbow suspenders. Like who used to wear them? Yeah, we were kids. Might have been Richard Simmons or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, so I think it's safe to say that Southern cuisine, when you say cuisine, and we think Southern cuisine, it not only is it the breakfast it's it's not only the main course but it's the dessert the drink well i can tell you and when, what you get drunk on when you're talking southern cuisine you're not talking breakfast lunch and dinner you're talking breakfast dinner and supper mm-hmm. yeah and learning the difference That's in true. those is one little yeah little dinner little is little lunch and, meal yeah dinner is lunch and supper is at night right yeah yeah and supper should be simple Right. You know, but there's there's a few snacks that I've grown to love that I didn't really care for at first, but like the uh, the cheese, the baked cheese sticks. You don't know what I'm talking about? Baked cheese sticks? I, I don't I know they are a southern snack. They are these toasted cheese sticks. I think they start out with pimento cheese, I don't know. And a little flour. And I think they bake them. I don't think they're fried. But there's definitely some oil in there because when you bite into them, they're dry. But there's just a little bit of grease. Or if you pinch them, you see a little bit of grease. Maybe that's coming from the cheese. But the southern cheese sticks. I mean, this is like Mississippi South. right? Custard pie, which they refer to as egg pie. Um, I don't think I've ever had these. Man. You're talking about cheese straws? My man. 
cheese straws. Okay. Because I, I was just thinking about it. I've had those when I was a kid. And when you first eat them, they're dry and you're kind of like, eh. And then they're like, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're just the, the, okay. the, okay. the, cr- the, mm-hmm. the flaky, crunchy texture of them. Right. Oh, so good. Yeah. You want to talk about a snack? Moon pies. Yeah. I'm just too dry. Mm. Moon pies. You say with the RC Cola. <laughs> RC Cola and Dr. Pepper now. Those are definitely Southern. Yes. And you know, I wish they made. Cheerwine is another very Southern. Yes, it is. I yeah. need like a Coke Zero version of RC. I need RC Zero. Pretty sure they make diet RC Cola. They might, but that's RC's like diabetes in a can. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, no, it's not diabetes. It's, it's diabetes. 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 <laughs> now, what about diabetes. hush puppies? Oh, yeah. oh, dude, oh, oh! How do we get this far into this? Hush puppies and corn fritters. Oh, yeah. hush puppies. I was just thinking about it. My wife makes a mean ass. You had them. Yes, they are very good. My wife, man, she, she puts jalapenos in them. Cook. She, yeah, sometimes she'll oh, make yeah. it hot, mm. hot or not. But um, yeah, like she figured out the hush puppy thing early. Whew. I forgot to ask her about that. And she makes a badass cornbread too, but they're related. <laughs> oh, now here's a question. You're talking Southern oh. cornbread. Okay. Do you put sugar in cornbread? Yeah. No. Wrong. I like it. Wrong. No. That's cake. Mm, I like it. And I like a little jalapeno with it too. No. <laughs> I you do love not, that daggum MRE cornbread crap. That's the reason why he doesn't wear overalls. All that <laughs> yeah. sugar. I do not like. I do not like cornbread that is reminiscent of cardboard. No, you make cornbread. Well, I think it's it's got its place, but then it better be smothered in something like etouffee. You take cornbread, and I have the same the the skillet my grandmother used to make it in is also the same way she fried bacon in. But you take cast iron skillet, cover it in lard. Put your cornbread inside there and bake it in that in the oven. No sugar, just cornbread with that that lard and bacon grease and that. I love the sugar, and then I like I like it. It's not with, bad. Just as it comes out, you drop some kosher salt granules on it, <laughs> so you get the sweet and savory at the same time with some jalapeno in there. Damn. So another staple of of you just said it. Another staple of Southern cuisine would be bacon grease. Lard. Yeah. Lard. Yeah. Sadly, because I just lost a jar of bacon grease. How'd you I lose had, it? Dude, it had, I guess I missed a piece of meat and it got moldy on it and had to toss the whole thing. God damn it, man. It's all right. I'm going to get some pork belly and make some true lard. Yeah. But I, I, we made some dang corn the other day and uh, I put a big old dollop of bacon grease in there and then we had corn again the next day. Destiny was like, I don't know what made that corn so good the other day. This corn's not as good. I said, put a spoonful of bacon grease in it's it. It's the fat. Yeah. 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 No, if we talk about making good stuff out of bacon grease, that squirrel you made last year when we were hunting. Oh, God. But I also brined that squirrel for like 48 hours before we ever ate it. <laughs> yep. And then fried it in bacon grease in a cast iron skillet. Yeah. And then people, we were random people we'd never met before. We're like, Dad, that's the best squirrel I've ever had. <laughs> it's the best squirrel I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I brined it in beer and a bunch of spices and a chicken bouillon cube. They had made so much bacon, though, in this cast iron. It was, I guess, technically it was still pan fried, 
but we really deep fried that squid. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. Pretty much. That cast iron skillet I've got on there that belonged to my grandmother. Um, and when she passed away, my mom was like, is there anything of grannies you want? I said, yeah, I want the bacon skillet. I can throw it on the stove right now, and it makes its own grease. Mm. It's just just years. soaked in it that starts, cast iron. It starts sweating. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, buddy. Every time I break it, get it, I cook in it, take it out of there, hit it with a dang steel wool to break up the crusty stuff, wipe it down with a rag, and stick her back in the cabinet. <laughs> yep. You don't oil it? I don't need to anymore. Dang season. 70 years old. Yeah, I can't put it won't hold anymore. Yeah, you're putting bacon grease in it every time you cook with it. Yeah. So you're just adding more and more oil to it every time you cook with it. I bet you that pan weighs four more pounds than it did when she bought it. <laughs> It's a half inch smaller than it was. When <laughs> I mini season my cast iron every time I use it, man. Like just a little olive oil, or if I was got using bacon, just enough grease in there. Put a sheen on it, turn it on, let it get a little smoky. Turn it off. Can't let it go too far. By the time that I wipe it off, it's still shiny. When we finish, I'll go inside and grab it bring it out to you. It's got a shine to it. All I did was uh, put water in it, wipe out all the crusty stuff off the bottom with a piece of, uh, usually use copper or steel wool just use to break up on that mail. bottom. Yeah, I mean, I use what I got and then wipe it out with a rag and then it goes right back in the cabinet. Cool. But you can't beat a good, can't beat a good cast iron. That's another southern staple. Yeah. Learning how to cook on cast iron. I understand why we got away from it because it's heavy, but it's the greatest. I mean, it dissipates heat mm-hmm. evenly across the bottom. And and that's the nice thing, too, is like nowadays, because we don't have a lie in our soaps, you can actually use a regular dish soap on a cast iron pan. You ain't going to hurt it at all. Not to blasphemy. No, I don't care if it's not lying there. Not it, I mean, what are, you, what are you saying is true, though, but blasphemy. I tend to use salt. Salt, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. If you Salt, cook something it sweet, it just helps you scrub it. Yeah, if you cook something sweet or barbecue in your cast iron and it gets a little sticky. What's that cast iron you've got, Jordan? That's Smitty. Smitty. That thing's a, nasty. That that cast iron's not. It's not cast iron. It's uh. It is a cast iron. It's a block of cast iron that they milled the cooking yeah. surface out of. That cast iron's sick. So it's actually not cast. No. It's milled iron. Right. It's milled yeah. iron. The right. rest of it's cast. The outside of it's cast. The inside of it's milled. You're getting it. You get any of these new, like the, the lodge pans or wherever you go buy from Walmart. You got to basically break that sucker back down to bare metal to get a good, decent cooking surface on the bottom of it because it's so not smooth. It could be done. Oh, I, I know it can be done. It's a lot of work. Uh, to I would, them, they, say that, they say that they come seasoned now. I don't believe it. I don't trust it. So I always reseason it. And then the first thing I do anytime I got a new piece of cast iron, pound of bacon. Mm -hmm. I even cook it the way Jordan likes it. (laughs) Yeah. The way normal people eat it. Yeah. We don't eat our bacon raw, Jim. Fucking bacon bits, man. (laughs) Jim likes to warm his bacon before he eats it, not cook cook it. Just warm it. Just warm it. it. Jim's bacon is flimsy. Like, well, I like, like my bacon no, flimsy. Like very like flimsy. Canadian I, I bacon. Yeah. Like Canadian bacon flimsy. Yes. I don't like it crispy. What is wrong with bacon you? Bacon should be no. chewy. Granny, yes, granny exactly. used to make it chewy. Work. I mean, I, I like my bacon crunchy. My I, old I, like it, I like it right between there where you get the meat is a little crispy, but the fat is still chewy. No, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yep. Yes, sir. I, w- I want to pick it up and it just. 
No. Just drops. I shouldn't be able to pile it. It should stay a strip. So let's let's see. I knew these boys were insane. Thank you. I got one for you now. If you've been listening to this point, let's see it on the UPO Nation group. What's the right way to cook bacon? Oh, yeah, dude. I'll make a thing. Uh, when this comes out, we'll make a, a uh, like a poll. Yeah. How do you prefer your bacon? And then there's those people who are just crazy who like it straight, just like black. No, Ugh. that's too much. That's, that's, that's way, way too, too much. much. Yeah. Where you can like crunch it. And like, yeah, no. No, I don't want to be able to turn it into like charcoal dust. It should break. It, it Like you should be able to. Well, you can't. No. Really, you got to you gotta get the break where you like break it and you have to bend it two or three times before it comes apart. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, though, like a Jim, piece of beef jerky. Yeah. Jim's bacon. You got. I don't like want to chew on the tire tear. nubs on my freaking Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. How do you guys eat your steak? Raw, oh, medium rare, dude, just raw. If it's mooing, I'm chewing. I mean, I yeah. want to cut it and I want to see. So blood. how do you screw up bacon? Because it's pork. No, no, something's wrong with you. You like your chicken breast medium rare too? No, no but like that's poultry. I it's cook different. my steak in a <laughs> cast iron di- skillet. When you order a pork chop, how do you get it done? I don't order pork chops anywhere. Fool. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Look, Jim, you don't understand how often this goes back to the southern cuisine. Pork chops are cheap. Yes. We, we ate a lot of pork chops as a kid. And my dad will notoriously burn the shit out of whatever he cooks on the grill. <laughs> That, that's the problem. So I ate yeah. a lot of very dry pork chops. Now, I'll make pork chops on Medium. my own now, every now and then. <clears throat> and I do. I cook them, and they're nice and moist and tender, and they're just delicious. Yes, Medium. Sir. But I ate so many pork chops as a kid that when somebody's like, ooh, you want a pork chop? I'm like, nah, no, I don't think so. I'll pass. Because I've, I've ate it so much and not very good. You know, Jordan said, how do I like my bacon? It's pork. <laughs> it's the same as... My sliced pork, it's still pink in the middle, you know, as I eat it, but it's still flimsy, just like sliced pork. I can't stand it crunchy. I don't want it crunchy either. I'll tell you what, the only time time I'll eat flimsy bacon is when it comes off a ham out of the smoker. Like what's on this right now? Yeah. On the meat logs. Yeah, and yeah our, that's exactly meat logs. I, I made that. I let that go as long as it did because I knew that if the bacon was done just right, that you guys would be, be repelled. So, it's but it, a little it's dry. But still, it's not crunchy. It's right. It's not overcooked. Well, I, I had to. I had to keep some sanity. But I yeah. did. I was going to pull them off. I'm like, I got to give this another 15 minutes. Even when I cut it in half, the bacon just yeah, it, it fell flat. That's, That's how out of bacon a smoker, supposed though. doesn't matter. But just when I cook my bacon in a skillet, same way I like it. Shovel it up, turn it over. Oh, shovel some it up, people pull it. Done. Well, we can yeah. we can decide we can end this conversation right now and say that half the room is right and half the room is wrong. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for some people's kids. <laughs> oh mm. man! But it's like spam. You like spam cut thick or thin? Thick. Thin, thick. I no. like thick spam. Yeah. How thick? Like, like half a can thick. Like, no. <laughs> no. I'm talking about quarter inch. Qu- yeah, yeah. That's quarter inch. inch. Yeah. You talk about thin. I'm thinking like sam- Go to Publix. Six, yeah. Sixteenth. Like, like, like a, eighth inch. Yeah. Slice it's not bologna. Turkey. It's spam. You can you can probably go. I know, but I like it. Maybe a half inch. Three eighths inch. I was gonna say. You know, with yeah, three eighths. You know. I don't know if you go to a full half inch, maybe. Because you even if you cut it at a half inch, you're gonna 
heat it up. You're going to cook it. It's going to shrink. Spam is another one of those southern cuisine things. Too. Actually, I looked that up. See where spam comes from. Okay. okay. It's uh, definitely Milwaukee. not southern. Hey, I can tell you right now that spam doesn't belong on a half moon sandwich. We figured that out. No, I liked it. But you know, spam's another one of those things that it's people better than country ham. They screw it up, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna do your spam, you got cast iron's ideal. You want that sucker rolling. What does map come from? <laughs> and you put your spam on there and you let it you let it brown. Just like you were doing hash. I don't really want to know how spam is made. See if you can change that search. <laughs> Pink shoulder. Big shoulder, pork shoulder, chicken shoulder. No, man. Big asshole. I think the first thing is your rat in there, too. They, they start out with salt and then they add some pork shoulder, too. There it is. Minnesota. Minnesota. I couldn't remember, but it's I did look that up. Shoot me. Oh, yeah. It's about the best thing they did. I'd be willing to bet that more spam is ate in the South. Well, I believe it. Dude, they eat the shit out of it in Hawaii and Okinawa. So yeah, the, the, you had the the uh, it's like spam and rice wrapped in seaweed. It's like a they, what do you call it? Some sort of sushi. It's good. Shit. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> shit. Yeah, it sounds good. You get like a, it's like a it's a it's like a rice cake uh, with a whole slice of spam on it, and then wrap it all in seaweed and just eat it like a sandwich, or eat it sounds like a, like a hash brown. Oh, it's killer. A little bit of soy sauce. <sighs> oh yeah. No, I like spam, man. I just I don't eat a lot of spam. Just. It's, you just, I look at the I look at the amount of salt. You think breakfast for dinner is a southern thing? Oh yeah. Residents of Hawaii consume per capita the most spam. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's it right there. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spam rice and seaweed. I mean, that looks great. It is good. Very good. I'd eat it. But notice, it's browned. See, yeah. it's Are okay you if you, you, don't, you don't cook. Spam? It's okay if you cook your spam that way. You just don't cook your bacon that way. No, I don't cook my spam that way either. You can eat spam straight out the can, just like hot dogs. Yeah, you can. I wouldn't suggest it. But, you know, a little char on a hot dog makes it better. You know what makes it even better than that? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we on the peanut butter hot dog? Was that? It's good. Surprisingly. I know, but it was, was it? Was it uh... We were at Seminole Forest on a small game hunt. Right. And uh, one of the guys that came over from Volusia County, can't remember who, was like, you should, you should put, I brought hot dogs, put peanut butter on a hot dog. It's really good with fresh that dice. That's Mike. right. It was one of them big fellas. That was Mike. Mike. Yeah. I was like, hey, no way. And then you tried one and I took a bite and I was like, you know what? This is actually, yeah. sadly, I hate to admit this, but it's uh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> he was from, uh, where do you say that originated at? Where's that uh, Speedway at? Where they do all the school bus races? Biffalo? <laughs> Biffalo. He's from Biffalo. So that explains it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what else along the way? Mustard mayonnaise. Like on French fries? Oh, yeah. You know, the funny part about it, the only not French fries mayonnaise. I like, and actually a lot of times I do go to just mayonnaise, the only fries I like that way are the Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Really? Wouldn't do it with a McDonald's fry. Wouldn't wouldn't dare do it with an Orita. What about Wendy's? Don't usually eat Wendy's. Mm. This is way better than McDonald's. And I can't tell you if I've, I don't think I've had a Burger King French fry in two decades. Wow. Florida's in the top five for alcohol consumption. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh. 
Well, California. Oh, California leads back. Well, of course, the, the largest pop in Texas yeah. and Florida. No duh. And Wyoming doesn't consume very much. They only got three hundred thousand people. Yeah, Alaska. That's a stupid stat. It ought to be per capita. New Hampshire. Hampshire. That's interesting. That answers a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. Southern cuisine is a thing of its own. And when you say white people can't cook, you must. Every time I think about that, say white people can't cook, they don't season things. I think about that TikTok I saw the other day where the guy was dumping the crab boil out. And I was like, dude. Them crab legs aren't even red. Like, what did you put? Is that just water? <laughs> it's corn, potatoes, crab legs. There, there was visibly zero seasoning in that pot. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to give a nod to an awful lot of the Southern cooking. You say, oh, white people can't cook. Well, I, I like to think I'm going to test what you can, but I will admit to ripping off an awful lot of black folks' recipes that I have met along the way yeah i was gonna say like, you say white people can't cook but it seems from what we've looked up what we've talked about that most southern cuisine was probably brought brought here by the slaves i agree i would say rich white people can't cook <laughs> yeah the um poor white people eat the same thing everybody else does in the south and yeah. I, I mean this with the greatest of um respect that i am convinced that there is a, there is a genome shared by black people, specifically it follows the females, that they come out of the womb knowing how to make the best macaroni and cheese. I've never had macaroni and cheese at a picnic, at a party, that was made by a black woman that wasn't just heavenly. You talking There's, about homemade? Oh, yeah, and no talking not, about crab. Not from the box. Big old, big old noodles, mm. right? But the crust, and just the way the cream lays in there, and it's not. I can't I'm explain tell, it. I'm telling you like what the, it is. The cheesy is. sauce it's, in there that's kind of milky. It's. I, I, I've I, watched. I've watched. I can't my do wife. it. I've, I've tried. Watched, I've watched my wife make homemade macaroni and cheese, and you never would have imagined that many different kinds of cheese going to that macaroni and cheese. And what I'm saying, she's adding, she, she is grating cheese herself in the kitchen. Uh, not milk, but heavy cream and stuff like that all mixed in there to make it creamy like that. And then puts extra shredded cheese on top of there at the end to mm. melt in there and make it all just that stringy. Oh, God. Well, I figured out the secret to getting the crust on there the There ain't top no Velveeta in that garbage, I yeah. tell you that. But I just, the sauce ain't, I've yet to come up with the right. The sauce, you know, the stuff between the noodles. She would probably share. You've had her macaroni and cheese, my wife's. Nope. No? I've had. Yeah, you had it. You even had leftovers. Oh, yeah. That was with the crawfish in uh, it. But you, I'll, get her, I'll get her macaroni and cheese recipe. You give that a shot. You think that's got to be another poor people thing. It's cheese and noodles. You don't say that. <laughs> you don't say that. I mean, it's true, though. I'm mixing everything together in one pot to make a meal. Yeah. yeah, make it, it. Southern food is like soul food. the The comfort food is is born out of cooking what you have. Yep. 
I do not get the craze <clears throat> about the micro food. What the heck is that? I was man, about to ask. You, you know, that's Yankee food, man. You go to some restaurant in Boston and you pay like $73 a plate. And they, they you might get three or four plates and it, it looks pretty. But you have like these little tiny greens or, or ornate things on it. And it's all stacked up and there's a little bit of sauce. And it might be one single scallop. And I'll admit it tastes good. But the problem is it's one rinky-dink little scallop. And all the when, when I go, all the prettiness is gone. I could give a rat's yeah. ass about it. Where's my other scallop? Right. Where's the other half a dozen that should be with it? I went to a restaurant in um, Mount Dora here. And I ordered a steak. And it came out covered in this green sauce. And Chimichurri? Like, That's a four ounce steak. No. It was New York strip. It was it was good. But I was like, never in my life. It was for a company Christmas party. I was like, never in my life would I ever come back here and order this again. Because I saw what that meal cost. And for what I just got, like a tiny little bowl for a side of rice or whatever that came with it. And a four ounce steak for 26 bucks. I was like, <laughs> never again. Try to order pork chops if we're at a steak restaurant. <laughs> can't do it, man. I'm like, I can make a better steak. It was good. It was good. And I don't know what the sauce was. It was, it was pretty good. It wasn't, uh, I don't know. But, well, gentlemen, going to wrap it up. You got some closing thoughts? Learn how to cook your bacon right. It don't take as long as you oh. think. Like I said, <laughs> half the room is right, half the room is wrong. We'll let you guys decide when this episode comes out. I'm going to say you can't go wrong with throwing some stuff in a crock pot. That's true. I'll agree with that. Slow cooking all around. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Check out your local gas station. Not the one that says racetrack. <laughs> or loves. <laughs> or pilot flying J. The one that you turn a corner and you're like, Are they gonna steal my credit card? But they got hot food. Like the pump the gas pump, you might have to like wind a lever to get to start pumping gas. <laughs> but the food's good. I will say if you want to have a hot dog off roller grill, I think Circle K's dogs are best. Before we leave that one, <laughs> we used to drive to this. We drove by this gas station every morning going on the property we had in Tennessee. And Tristan, this is four in the morning, mind you. We'd get in there four in the morning. He grabs two hot dogs off the roller and a cup of coffee. I'm like, dude, I can't eat a roller hot dog right now. I won't make it to the tree stand. Well, the first day we go in there, there's always this guy working the the graveyard shift and uh he didn't make us pay for our coffee we got to know him pretty good you come in there we bring our own cups fill the cup up just walk out he always after after the first time we're in there he always had a fresh pot for us on saturday mornings and sunday mornings like ready to go what we wanted and then tristan went to go get hot dogs he says "Ah, ah, ah, don't eat those and he was like he's like why not he's like they're in front of the like hot sign he's like yeah but they were there when I started my shift at six o'clock <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> He's like, I wouldn't eat those hot dogs. So I had the opposite experience when I was in Kentucky near your military base. Remember that? Yeah. Lady got all over me because I reached behind the. I took I took I took a hot dog off the. When we were down, when we were down there and things, going to Boca, going really? To Boca, you're like, can I can I take them from behind the roller thing? How long have they been on there? <laughs> those are the fresh ones. <laughs> exactly, fresh out the package. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have met people in my life that like you eat hot dogs raw. I'm like they don't. That's impossible. <laughs> you know, like, they weren't raw to begin with. You I realize know. that, right? Yeah. No, there's people that don't know that though. Yeah. Well, hey, I saw a thing on uh, a meme the other day. I shared it to uh, Jake and Jordan and Matt. It's uh, pickled hot dogs. I was like, that's that's definitely a very Jake thing. Mm. I could see Jake making pickled hot dogs. It's just like hot dogs in a pickle jar with vinegar and dill and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but the, you've eaten those sausages, right? Yeah, the yeah. Red vinegar. Oh, yeah. Man, I haven't had one of those in a long time either. Sam's. I want to buy a whole jar of them. Why, you're just going to eat them? I don't want to eat that many of them. That's like pickled eggs. Can't eat just one. Oh, right. don't we get it? We didn't even get started into the pickled stuff in the South, the pickled eggs, the pickled ochre, the pickled pig's feet, the pickled everything. Mm. I loved everything pickled. Pickled livers. Sounds mm. is hot. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>